Steven Sanders from North Alabama. I thought we were going to go 10 and 6. I think we're still on pace to go 10 and 6. It's just more frustrating to be this close and still lose, especially against the Rams, which I also think was going to be a loss. I don't get it. I don't get some of what we do. I don't get given Carlton Davis only one safety help over the top for what I saw was majority of the first half. It was somewhat good to see that we came back and made it a game at the end. And near the end, I was actually hoping we'd get a win. Um, but I'm glad at least it was as close as, as it was. We'll see. We'll see what happens the next couple of weeks. It'll be nice to have a bye week and see how everyone recovers. But interested to see what you guys think of the game. Um, appreciate the show. You guys make my drive to work brilliant. So uh, see you guys. Thank you. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Another heartbreaker that came down to the wire, although it didn't appear that it was going to be that way as the Buccaneers fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 27 to 24. David, let's go ahead and dive right in to the game recap. Yeah, looking to avoid back-to-back losses for the first time this season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosted the Kansas City Chiefs for a marquee matchup in Week 12. And Kansas City started with the ball, drove down the field pretty quickly on the backs of two big plays as Tyreek Hill connected with Patrick Mahomes for two catches, 57 yards on the opening drive of the game. Eventually, the Buccaneers' defense did hold them up And the Chiefs started the game with a 19-yard Harrison Bucker field goal. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers then punted on their first possession of the game. And following an exchange of three and outs between the two teams, it was Hill and Mahomes striking again, giving the Chiefs eventually a 17-0 lead in the first quarter. Kansas City was again driving down the field looking to score when the Buccaneers' defense came up with the first big play of the game for Tampa Bay. First down and goal from the Buccaneer eight-yard line. Chiefs lead 17-0, wanting a whole lot more. Mahomes with a sidecar right, Edwards Hilaire takes the snap and looks upfield. He says, the heck, he's tagged in the backfield. Oh, the football, the ball is on the deck. Who comes up with it? The Bucs have come up with it at the 15-yard line. William Golston gobbles up the football, a sack before. Shaq Barrett. Jack Barrett sacks Mahomes, spins him around, throws him down. The ball comes loose, and William Golston recovers. The Shaq Barrett strip sack of Patrick Mahomes recovered by Will Golston gave the Buccaneers the ball on their own 14-yard line. And after a four-minute drive, which saw Tom Brady complete five of six pass attempts for 85 yards of total offense, the home team got on the board 
with less than five minutes remaining in the half. One running back, Brady under center, Ryan Jensen. Rojo is the setback and play action fake. Sold nicely by Brady. Look, stops the ball off. Caught by Rojo on the 30. Down the near sideline to the 25 to the 20. High step into the fan. Five touchdown, Tampa Bay. Did he step out of bounds? Did he step touchdown. out of bounds, Mr. Ref? It's a touchdown. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. That score made it 17-7, to but Kansas City found time to get back in the scoring position before the half. It entered the locker room with a 20-7 to lead over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers opened the second half with the ball, and Tom Brady found Rob Gronkowski for a huge 48-yard catch and run to set up a goal-to-go situation and help the Bucs get back into this game. However, the Buccaneers opted to give the ball to Leonard Fournette on both first and second down, resulting in a total of minus four yards between the two plays on third down. Brady threw it too tall for Rob Gronkowski in the back of the end zone, and Tampa Bay would have to settle for a Ryan Suckup field goal, cutting the lead to 20-10. to 10. On their ensuing drive, however, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were able to orchestrate yet another scoring drive as Mahomes found Tyreek Hill for his third score of the day, this one from 20 yards out, extending their lead to 27-10. to 10. On the Buccaneers' next two possessions, Tom Brady would throw interceptions. The first was on a deep shot that was left short intended for Scotty Miller, while the second was a pass intended for Mike Evans that was deflected and left hanging in the air for safety Tyron Matthew to easily intercept. However, the Bucs defense was able to step up time and time again, continuing to keep the Chiefs offense from adding any more to their lead and keep the Buccaneers in this game. The Bucs offense was able to move down the field quickly and efficiently to open the fourth quarter with Tom Brady finding Mike Evans for the 31-yard touchdown on fourth and three, cutting the lead to 27-17. From the 31-yard line, you trail 27 to 10. See if Brady can work his magic on fourth down. Fourth down and three. Trailing 17. You got to make it. Got to reach the 28-yard line of Kansas. Here's the snap. Brady looking upfield, throwing toward the end zone. Toward the end zone. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go, Mike Evans. Mike said, give me the ball, Tom Brady, and Brady delivers, and the Bucs get a touchdown. Yeah, this was a perfect pass. Mike Evans, a little bit of a double move on Ward, and he's able to get over the top and outside the safety, and Tom Brady puts this more on a line. A wild drive would follow that score by the Kansas City Chiefs, where the Bucs appeared to get off the field thanks to a Sean Murphy bunting interception on third and 17. However, Jason Pierre-Paul was called for a questionable roughing the passer call, giving the Chiefs a first down. However, the Chiefs would then get called for holding on three separate occasions, and the defense was finally able to force a punt after a nine-play drive that netted only 25 yards. However, some of those extra plays would prove to be crucial when it came to the game clock. Braiding the offense once again, able to move the ball and were aided by two roughing the passer calls against the Chiefs before Tom Brady found Mike Evans for his second score of the day, cutting the lead to 27-24 with just over four minutes remaining. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the seven-yard line. Leonard Fournette now replaces Shady. And he deploys as a receiver to the left of Tom Brady. Empty backfield, three receivers to the right, including Rob Gronkowski in the slot. 
Brady takes the snap, second and goal. Brady stands tall, looks, fires a pass. Hot ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay! Touchdown, Buccaneers! There's a flag. A flag thrown, hold everything. I think that one's going to be good. I think it counts. However, Patrick Mahomes was able to do Patrick Mahomes things. On two second down plays, Mahomes was able to scramble to get a first down. And on third and seven, Patrick Mahomes found the star of the day, Tyreek Hill, for eight yards and would seal the game with a final score of 27 to 24. Following their second straight loss, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now stand at seven and five, heading into their bye week. And they will face the Minnesota Vikings when they return to action in week 14. The Buccaneers may be off for a week, but we are not. And we've got plenty to talk about, as do you. Plenty of voicemails coming up. So we will get to as many as we can in segment two. But this episode is brought to you by Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals, and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Voicemails and more voicemails coming up in segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back now here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, James. We've got voicemails. In fact, we have so many that they're going to bleed over to Tuesday as you respond to even more and talk with some of our listeners about some reoccurring themes for this Buccaneers season up to this point. We have so many voicemails. We even had one before halftime. So let's hear from our guy, Dan, in Orlando. Hey, guys. This is Dan from Orlando. We just ran or we just ran three consecutive pass plays on third and short. Who in their right mind does that when we have a 225-pound running back named Rojo who runs extremely hard? We have a 240-pound running back named Fernet who can barrel through people if he wants to. The play calling is absolutely idiotic. Run the ball. And on defense, okay, Tyreek Hill is like a, a real-life cheat code. Why are we doing man-to-man on him? I feel like our coordinators do not know what to do week in and week out. I know it's halftime. We've got a whole another half to play, and maybe we come out with this with a win. I don't know. We'll see. Go Bucks. All right, Dan, appreciate your phone call. And as far as the uh, second-half adjustments were concerned, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had 14 yards rushing in the first half, finished the game with 75 yards rushing. So I guess there was... A little bit of an uptick in the running game in the second half. Not quite enough, uh, of course, to help the Buccaneers secure the comeback win, of course, uh, but still a little bit of an uptick. And that's kind of been a theme uh, here in the, in the post-game reactions is kind of the adjustments that were made, and we'll get a little bit deeper into those uh, as well. But, yeah, play calling early on, James, I think everybody pretty much had the same kind of feel and vibe. I mean, Tony Romo was talking about it. Everybody was tweeting about it. Uh, everybody in the, in the country, everybody in football. I mean, listen, you can say that, you know, James and David sitting on the Locked on Bucks podcast don't know enough 
uh, to comment on play calling and to tell Byron Leftwich when he's not doing a good job. But I think Tony Romo does. I think Tony Romo's got a pretty good grip on how to play football in the National Football League, make the playoffs, have some playoff success. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl, uh, but he was pretty good for his time. And I think Cowboys fans found out pretty quickly when they lost him until Dak Prescott came in anyway. Uh, but those last couple of years where he struggled through injuries and they didn't have a replacement. And Tony Romo was pretty stinking good at what he was doing. Um, yeah, especially you talk about early on. And, and Bruce Arians talked about it in the post-game press conference, third down conversion rates. Listen, you need if you're going to be successful consistently in the National Football League, you've got to keep your opponent at least under 50% third down conversions. And you want to shoot for less than 33%. We've talked about it before on this show. I know other people have talked about it. And then on the flip side of things, you want to convert more than 33%. And you want to try to get over 50%. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers finished this game at 33%, three for nine on third downs. James, six of those nine third downs were third and five or less. Speaking on Dan's voicemail, do you want to take a guess on how many of those six third and five or under situations the Buccaneers ran the ball on? Zero. Zero. Zero out of six. And I mean, they're not all third and fives. Like, they were third and twos, third and ones. Right. And I mean, you talked about it in the game recap with, with the runs to Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette's going to come up in the conversation and then this great tweet that I shared with you, James, for your pick six from Greg Amon, uh, talking about Bucks running back usage being hard to understand. Ronald Jones caught a 37-yard touchdown pass for the Buccaneers in the first in the first half in the second quarter, then had one pass thrown his way for the rest of the game. And I remember thinking, why are we forcing the ball to Leonard Fournette when Ronald Jones obviously is doing the job? Had a 34-yard run with 3:27 left in the third quarter, got one touch for the rest of the game. Listen. We're going to get deeper into this episode, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but this team needs to figure out that Ronald Jones is a weapon on this team, and they need to utilize him better. Ronald Jones deserves these touches, and I don't know if it's Arians or Leftwich making the call to keep forcing Fournette into these situations, but he doesn't deserve the snaps that he's getting. And, and as our listeners know, I'm a big Leonard Fournette fan. I thought he was a great addition to this team, but Ronald Jones has proven to be the guy that the Buccaneers should lean on. Flipping over to the defensive play calling, look, I don't have nearly as big of a problem with their defensive scheme or their defensive game plan this week as I did on Monday night. However, I want to know why it took a 200-yard, two-touchdown performance in the first quarter before Todd Bowles said, hey, maybe we should help Carlton Davis out a little bit with that guy named Tyreek Hill, who was just burning him time and time again. And I'm not even putting that on Carlton Davis. David, you and I were talking about it during the game. There isn't a defensive player in the NFL that can go toe-to-toe with Tyreek Hill as far as one-on-one. Outside of that, that was a pretty decent defensive game plan. You you take that 17-point first quarter away from things, you held that team to 10 points down the stretch and gave your offense an opportunity to win, but you had to go into this game with a better game plan for stopping Tyreek Hill, which they flat out just didn't do in that first quarter. But, David, we have plenty more voicemails we got to dive into. Let's hear from our buddy, True. What's going on, guys? This is True. I just want to know, at this point, what other team do you know could have a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame tight end, a top five running back in the league statistically, a Hall of Fame receiver, and have as many three and outs as we do? And if that's what our talent is on our roster, then to me, that would lead me to believe that it's coaching. I know everyone lauded Bruce Arians as an amazing, you know, generational coach, but I don't see it. 
Um, even if it is Byron Leftwich making these calls, at some point, Bruce Arians is supposed to step in. The buck stops at his step. And if he's not making these adjustments, then that's his fault. He has a headset on just like Byron Leftwich. And if he's allowing, you know, play call that results in all this talent, resulting in limited production, and that's just as much his fault as it is Byron Leftwich. Also, we stop. We got to stop trying to force Leonard Fournette into this offense. Doesn't work. Stop it. Appreciate you. Um, I'll hear from you guys soon. Go Buck. True. Thank you very much for the call. And look, I will say the three and outs early on, I'm not going to put solely on the play calling. We saw a, a perfectly placed deep ball to Mike Evans early in this game, just go right through his arms. We saw another, you know, pass early in the game that went right through Cameron Bright's hands. You know, if the receivers are doing their job, you're moving the sticks on those plays and you're not suffering from a three and out. However, I go back to the goal to go situation that was set up at the beginning of the second half after that Gronk catch and run that got them inside the 10. You hand the ball to Leonard Fournette for God knows what reason after Ronald Jones just got you on the scoreboard at the end of the first half. He runs the ball for no gain. Then you draw up another play to dump the ball off to Leonard Fournette and he loses four yards. Now you're at third and goal from about the 10 and the pressure gets to Brady. The pass is too high for Gronk. You got to settle for a field goal. That's a coaching problem. That's a Byron Leftwich problem. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, and Antonio Brown. And you are first and goal from the five-yard line. And you lose yards by going to the same guy two plays in a row. There's no excuse for it. So once again, we don't know if it's Byron. But if it is Byron, it's time for Bruce Arians to step in and say, look, this needs to change. Uh, at the end of the day, the game plan just wasn't very good at least in the first half it got better in the second half but again too little too late ronald jones gets nine carries in this game averages over 6.6 yards per carry averages about seven yards per carry leonard fournette for some reason still gets three yards or three carries averages about 3.3 yards per carry uh leonard fournette gets three targets in this game while ronald jones gets two despite the fact that ronald jones is one like ronald jones is the guy that's built to beat this chief's defense and the tampa bay buccaneers are basically forcing Leonard Fournette into this situation, into, the, into this game. It's confirmation bias. It's the team wants to see him succeed. The team wants to see Leonard Fournette be a part of this offense. So they're going to continue to force the issue. And then every once in a while, Leonard Fournette is going to get a 22-yard run. And they're going to say, boom, that's why we put Leonard Fournette in the game. The problem is you got Ronald Jones sitting on the sideline proving every time he gets an opportunity, every time he actually gets an opportunity, he proves that he's worth the risk and he's, he's up to the task. And he sits on the sideline or he doesn't get involved in the game. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And I hope that over the bye week, they, uh, they do some soul searching because they need to figure it out. What's up, man? This is Alex from Chicago, Illinois. Longtime Bears and Bucks fan since my grandmother moved to Tampa. Honestly, losing by three to the greatest team in football right now, I'm not mad. That was an amazing comeback in the fourth quarter. I'll take it. And especially compared to that blowout against New Orleans. There's a, quite a couple of issues that the Bucks need to work on in the uh, bye week, especially 
play calling. It's just, it doesn't seem creative. Anyway, love the show. Can't wait to hear more of it. And go Bucks. All right, Alex, appreciate the call. And, and yeah, listen, the comeback uh, is nice. Obviously, they weren't able to finish it. You would have liked to see him at least get the ball and see if Tom Brady get the back and field goal range. Uh, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs for a reason. They're Super Bowl champs for a reason. And they were able to do it. Some people are talking about how this is bad timing for the bye week. James, I think it's, I think it's perfect time for the bye week because you have a team that is, has looked resilient. And listen, we're, we're past the point where trying hard and not quitting is acceptable. Like this team needs to do better than we tried hard and played to the end of the whistle because that's not enough anymore. Um, but they have four very winnable games, the Vikings and Lions and twice against the Falcons, and they can still get to 11 and five or 10 and 10 and six uh, or something like that. Nine and seven. I don't think you can do that, but 10 and 10 and six, I think you can get away with that. 11 and five obviously is what is what you want to do. I think it's perfect timing for the buy one. I think the players need to, to get away from the game for a little bit. Let some of these lessons maybe hopefully sink in, re-energize the batteries. Bruce Arians talked about, hopefully they can avoid COVID. I guess most of these teams that have had COVID issues have done so coming off the bye. Um, so hopefully the Buccaneers can, can avoid that as well. Yeah, and look, I, I know Tony Romo was talking about how much better the team looked in the second half and, and their evolution and, and whatnot. You know, we are 12 weeks into the season. This team was 7-3 and three and in less than a week have fallen to 7-5. and five. The, the, the chances of winning the division, shot, gone. Am I optimistic moving forward? Yeah. I am because, again, we've talked about it. There's a favorable schedule down the stretch, but these guys have got to get it together because you cannot beat playoff teams when you dig a hole for yourself in the first quarter. Three of their last four games have been losses, and those losses have been to teams that are leading their divisions. So take this bye week, recollect yourself. So yeah, the bye week comes at a perfect time for them. They need to collect themselves. They need to fix these issues and they need to come out smacking the the Vikings right in the face. Absolutely. All right. We got one more segment coming up today and in it, we are going to revisit our predictions, give our final thoughts and the best and worst parts of week 12 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're going to do so things in large part to our friends over at built bar. The improved built bar is even more delicious than ever before. It has 18 amazing regular reoccurring flavors and releasing just for Cyber Monday, they have white chocolate coconut deluxe and white chocolate cherry Sunday. Their previously released white chocolate flavors sold out in just two days. So don't wait if you're a fan of white chocolate, you'll get a and you'll get a free 12-day Built Bites advent calendar with every order as while supplies last. You get a Built Bite each day and a code in each day's flap, which will get you an additional discount for each month in 2021. So you get 12 Built Bites and you get 12 months of discounts for 2021. Oh, and orders right now are still getting two candy cane brownie bars while those supplies last. So it's a great time to order from Built Bar, and as always, you can use promo code LOCKED to get a nice discount and show your support for the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. Like this one, segment three of the Locked On Bucks podcast, coming up in just a moment. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and David... We're going to quickly recap our bold predictions and score predictions. Uh, my score prediction, I did take the Bucks to win 30-28 to 28 in a really, really close game. And man, almost, almost came true. Uh, my bold prediction was that Brady was going to connect for two touchdowns of over 40 yards. That did not work out so well for me. Yeah, my score prediction was the Chiefs 35-31. Except I think on tally side to pick the Bucks. No, it's probably been a force of habit. But and then my bold prediction 
You know, I thought that Devin White and Levante David would come out and be able to make a few more plays. I mean, they did lead the team in tackles, each of them. Uh, Devin White, number one, and Levante, number two. But it was Shaq Barrett getting the forced fumble, Will Golson getting the fumble recovery. Uh, at the end of the day, no interceptions against Patrick Mahomes because of uh, penalties and all those things. And just just a rough overall game for the defense. Um, and even when they did kind of clamp down there towards the end, they weren't really forcing turnovers or even getting the uh, Chiefs off the field in, in a quick fashion that, you know, that uh, that punt drive that lasted over six minutes is evidence of that. Yeah, imagine what uh, what the Bucks might have been able to do if they'd gotten off the field on that terrible Jason Pierre-Paul penalty rather than uh, allowing the Chiefs to, to chew up a couple more minutes. Could be a very, very different story. All right, David, our best and worst for this week. I'll start things off with my best, and it's Rob Gronkowski. He, uh, he went off. He had some great receptions, that huge catch and run that set them up on a, a goal-to-go situation to open the second half. Uh, he's second all-time uh, for 100-plus yard games by a tight end behind only the great Tony Gonzalez. Gronk now has 29, but if you include the playoffs, he's at 33, which is two more. Then Tony Gonzalez, but of course in the record books, they don't count those. So just two more to go to tie Tony Gonzalez. So Rob Gronkowski, that connection was there. It was working. And it's a big reason why the Bucs were able to come back in this game. Yeah. And then I, I got to give a tip of cap to the guy who scored two second half touchdowns, Mike Evans, uh, recording his 11th multi touchdown game of his career, tied for second in the NFL with 11 touchdowns. Uh, he's almost certainly going to break his career high of 12 touchdowns this season. And then uh, on top of it, thanks to Buccaneers communication, he's got 59 touchdowns since entering the league in 2014, and that's the second most in the National Football League. Um, you know, look, in the preseason, in the earlier part of training camp, you know, Mike Evans talked about how Tom Brady uh, was was making him legendary. The the stats maybe haven't, haven't been there as far as, like, yards are concerned. I still don't think he's – I don't know what he's on pace for right now, but I don't think he's going to hit his 1,000-yard uh, season this season, unfortunately. But he's definitely putting up points on the board. He's definitely showing that he can be – a factor in any game against any defense. And that's something the Buccaneers are going to need in the stretch run. And then if they make the playoffs, they're definitely going to need that type of playmaking ability. Uh, and then James going right into the worst. Uh, I, I got to go and I got to give it to uh, the run game usage. I mean, we're going to keep harping on this weekend, week out until the Buccaneers somehow, some way, Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians, whoever it is that needs to get it through their heads, realize that they've got a legitimate weapon in Ronald Jones, a guy that they can legitimately set the pace of the game with, control the clock, hold the ball, keep the opposing offense off the field, let your defense rest. That offense has to get things done. They've got to control the clock, and Ronald Jones is the key to that. Real quick, to touch on your point about Mike Evans, he needed 87 yards per game the rest of the season to hit 1,000. Only had 50 in this game, so he now needs 96.25 yards per game in the final quarter of the year to hit that 1,000-yard mark. He can get 150 in each right. game against the Falcons. And then, I mean, the, the Lions, like, I don't know what they got. I mean, Trufant is the defensive back the Falcons didn't want, so apparently they're playing with better defensive backs, and they're still getting lit up for passing yards every week. It, it, it can be done. It, it there's a chance. It, it can be done, especially if they can hit on some of those deep balls. Uh, my worst, yeah, I'm I'm going to kind of piggyback off yours. Mine's Byron Leftwich. Um, I don't know who's making the calls to pull Rojo and put Fournette on the field. Just absolutely atrocious play calling when you are in a goal-to-go situation, which 
earlier in the year was automatic for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they're having to come away with a field goal. They needed a touchdown there. I mean, you score a touchdown instead of a field goal in that situation and you're up 28-27 with the defense trying to slow down or stop the Chiefs at the end of the game. You can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. The play calling has to be fixed. You've got to run the ball. I don't care what your analytics say. You can throw your analytics at me all day long. The proof is in what the Buccaneers have done this season. And when Ronald Jones is running the ball, the Buccaneers are winning, period. That's the the end, the, the long and the short of it. Run the ball with Ronald Jones, Lee Fournette on the sideline. I said it in my pick six that'll be up this morning. The only time Ronald Jones should be off the field is when he's asking to catch his breath for a play. Then you could put Fournette on there. But I'm having flashbacks to Charles Sims, and I'm not happy about it. I don't want these Rojo drives, Fournette drives. It doesn't make any sense. Leave Rojo out there all the time. David, final thoughts. This was a tough one to swallow. Like I said earlier, the Bucks go from 7-3 and three to 7-5 and five in less than a week. And, you know, playoffs are still possible. The sky is not falling. You know, the Buccaneers do not need to clean house during the bye week. But we have got to see some major improvements before they take the field against the Minnesota Vikings. And it starts with the coaching staff. They've got to get this figured out. They are wasting way too much talent on both sides of the ball with stubbornness, indecisiveness, and poor decisions. Yeah, I mean, some some serious soul searching needs to be done uh, in that coaching staff. It, it, well, it starts with that coach staff. I mean, like you said, there were some drops today. There have been some drops in the past. There have been some fumbles, some sloppy plays, some sloppy tackling happened in this game against Kansas City Chiefs as well, uh, just like it did against the Rams. So there are some things that the players definitely need to clean up. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, uh, the coaches, you know, they say it themselves. They've got to be the ones putting the players in the position to make the right plays. And you can't put Carlton Davis, who runs. I don't remember what he ran at the combine, but I can't imagine it was much faster than a four four six or a four four eight, uh, if that, and you can't put him against a guy like Tyree Kill and and man him up and expect Patrick Mahomes not to take advantage of that situation. You've got to game plan smarter. You've got to game plan for what your opponent does well. Come out there and stop them from doing what they do well. Stop them from going into their into their bread and butter and getting those cheap easy points that they love to get. Force them to do something more creative, and they should find success. All right. Well, David, we are out of time, so we are going to get out of here. Thank you to Stephen, True, Dan, and Alex for your voicemails. Matt, Yousef, Tyler, and Ben, you are all on deck tomorrow to help me out with my solo show. Much appreciated. If you would like to send in your voicemails, you can do so by calling 813-444-5841. Please check out everything going on over at Bucks Nation. Dot com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all had an absolutely fantastic holiday weekend. I hope you have an outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.